Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of elegantmusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Contributing Factors. Not everything that contributes to a successful event is a thing. For example, food, lights, gifts, decorations are things. This is quite separate from a meaningful toast or a poem read or perhaps a performance or a story told. In this episode, I relate a story about an anniversary party where the celebrants at the beginning of the planning process categorically forbade any announcements or toasts. Only food and dancing. It may have been that this couple had had a bad experience in the past that would cause them to limit their celebration in this way. I granted them that condition of no announcements and no toasts. But do listen to what actually happened as we got closer to the event and the planning became more complete. Sheer magic. And now please enjoy Contributing Factors. What contributes to having a successful wedding and sometimes what inhibits it? You know, Yes, what, what jeopardizes a, a successful Or jeopardizes it. And I'm, I'm thinking it's expectations, number one. In other words, if your expectations are realistic and you're prepared, you know, with the necessities, you're probably going to have a great wedding. Mm-hmm. How we- I mean, in very broad strokes, I know I'm talking now. And it was kind of the same thing with me. I honestly didn't go in with any specific expectations when I had my colors done. I was just excited to find out what would look look best on me. Now, the colorist, though, had a lot of expectations. Mm. I mean, she wanted, you know, to give me this file, and she had this little plastic uh, folder where she was going to slip in all of these uh, little squares, squatches, of colors so I could take it with me. Mm-hmm. And if I bought something or to look in my closet, I would know, you know, what I had. But she was silently very concerned because she, <laughs> because she must have been thinking that I wasn't going to be satisfied uh-huh. with 14 <laughs> little swatches when her book could hold 50. So I ended up with 20, but the the point is is that as as a couple sometimes people start thinking about their wedding and planning and they don't have much expectations. However, it's not until someone starts explaining things to them that you hear the oh ah and it's not like wow terrific it's like oh i never thought of that 
ah, I better give that some more thought. In other words, even before couples start planning, I honestly think, and this has nothing to do with what I did in the past, mm-hmm. but I realize now, if they could just talk to a professional planner or coordinator for a couple of hours with no strings attached, mm-hmm. just letting that person kind of get them to open up. And even if they're the type of couple that knows exactly what they want, it's so important to kind of talk it through with someone who's been there and done it many times. Because sometimes they'll give you suggestions and it will open up your mind and your creativity even if you had wonderful ideas because sometimes you get this plan in your head and part of it just can't be easily produced because of logistics something that is creating a challenge that nobody has thoroughly control over Uh uh-huh I mean, we've we've all grown up in the business over the last many years thinking that the customer is right, there are no no's, it's just about how long, how much it's going to cost, uh-huh, uh-huh. and, you know, and getting whatever the materials or things that we have to do. Th- that alone... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah that, that that viewpoint alone could jeopardize or not, maybe maybe um, yeah I, I think that people are very happy for the couple and they're very happy for each other and that it's it's an amazing thing and they are better when they come out on the other end in most cases um, yeah but I could also say that that if they do have a mindset when they walk in where they're not open to learning or mm-hmm. um, and therefore they they would limit their options and a, a, a very a very uh, perfect example of that was a, um, a a wedding anniversary that i played last night mm-hmm. and i'm telling you when they when they talked to me the first yeah. words out of their mouth were were no announcements no at one at all at all no one speaking just music it's just a party and it was this, uh, I could see that if I, as I tried to find out what about, tell me about this or anything, it got mm-hmm. them upset. And so I just kind of, kind of backed off from the, from that yeah. discussion altogether. And what I did do was present them with a very general itinerary sketch. Mm-hmm. So that they could start to put their wits around the sequence of the event mm-hmm. and how it will happen. They they thought that was fine, and and then they went to my website and learned a little more about me, and that was very very important for them to, to yeah. do that. But then uh, when we we met, I 
showed them the itinerary, and I said, now right here, you know, is a, is a customary time to say thank you to your guests. It's customary. Now, you don't have to do yeah. that. Yeah. But, and I don't want to put anybody in the spot. That's why we're discussing this ahead of time. Yeah. So it was it was really interesting for them to thought think well yeah it's you're right we should probably say thank you. Oh, so in other words, that had not occurred to them. No. Wow. And then, as we're getting closer to the date, we started yeah. talking about specific uh, first dance, and we started talking about. Uh, how they would initiate things. And again, I felt the itinerary was very um, instrumental in getting their ideas out of their head and putting it on paper. And then they can both yeah. look at the same thing because his ideas are different than her ideas. And, and, you know, and they did have a coordinator who turned out to be fabulous. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Tracy Saunders, j- just. I've heard of her. Just uh, just brilliant. And she works so hard. And I could see her presentation and what she uh, she she delivered above and beyond. Um, I would love to have her number if I. OK, may. I'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. quite something. Um, OK. And, and what was nice about Tracy was that after she she saw my itinerary and then she kind of yeah. went, well, then. All right. You know what you're doing. You know, and she basically let me have it. And so what, all I did was um, go to her before I did anything. I would say, mm-hmm. so can we announce dinner now? You know, are you ready? And she says, she said, yeah, g- give me a minute, you know. And then she can't come over to me. Yeah. She says, yes, announce dinner. And then the next thing after that, are we ready to do the, the uh, well, Here, here's what was interesting is that <laughs> they, after the couple was able to see the itinerary mm-hmm. ideas came to them ah things started to fill in for them and it and it went from no announcements and and nobody's to speak mm-hmm. to an idea that i had kind of dropped on them i kind of like suggested that well it may be that your guests would like to toast you or would like they would like to say something, or they would like to acknowledge you. It, it, that that may be could and, happen, and and that would be their part of their contribution to your event. So I and I just made it that simple. Let them think about that because this subject is upsetting to them. Obviously, and I really didn't get them to talk about if they had had a bad experience with this. But very often I can see, uh, and I'm sure that you could probably give me stories (laughs) about how, you know, uh, you know, somebody gets up on the microphone that maybe has had too much to drink or, or someone who is just, I I don't know, um, not really putting their thoughts together. Well, absolutely. And might, introduce some inappropriate concepts or or things i mean i've had i've had grooms uh, uh, excuse me um best men come up and say you know you know bonnie you're really lucky to get him because he had a lot of women before you 
a lot of beautiful women before you. And I'm listening to this going like, I'm, I want to turn this guy off right, right away. I could just see. What are you saying? Yeah. So inappropriate. I know it's it's it, they don't realize they're delivering such a left-handed compliment, but <laughs> and they really had no idea in this in this no. case that I'm. No. Uh, yeah. So you really have to. I, I think again, there's a responsibility. I mean, how would how would the master of ceremonies know that? How would yeah. how would a, even a wedding coordinator know that? Yeah. You know, don't give the microphone to this guy. You yeah. know, but the couple. Although, <laughs> although I know. One of the questions I used to ask was, if, if your best man and maid of honor or matron of honor that are giving speeches, mm-hmm. how many drinks can they handle? I, I used to ask that because I would sick one of my assistants during cocktails to watch the anybody who had to speak. How were how how were they drinking? Mm-hmm. Now I realize you can't you know follow someone around the room, but the point is is just to be aware, you know, of what's going on, mm-hmm. because um, case in point, many many years forward, I actually was invited recently to a forty fifth anniversary party, which is mm-hmm. what we're talking about, and. I happened to see a former mother and father of the groom. Oh. Because the couple that was being honored, they had invited me. Uh, We've been friends now for over 10 years since their daughter got married. Mm -hmm. And so it was very kind of them to include me in this celebration of theirs. That's great. That actually somebody else was hosting for them. It was quite unusual. However, this former father of the groom, mm-hmm. I think he's a great guy. Liked him 12 years ago when I first met him. <laughs> and he's just a great guy. And I, we bump into each other occasionally at the craziest places. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I haven't had any relationship with their, with both of them since the wedding, really. So, but I did remember one thing about him. He likes his scotch. Okay. And if he hasn't eaten, he he gets a little uh, loose in the tongue, maybe, we might say. Okay. And that's what happened that night. Mm-hmm. And his wife and I exchanged glances, and she tried to stuff him full of food. And it's not the first time it's happened it's actually happened a couple of times with other fathers of the bride and groom mm-hmm. because they get so excited they want to celebrate oh. and so oftentimes they drink a little bit more than they normally do oh, okay and they can't always handle it and you know excitement changes our metabolism excitement emotion um, emotion just, yeah it, it's a, so here you go. And I mean, he didn't say anything inappropriate or anything like that, mm-hmm. but he was just going on and on and he was funny as heck. And it was just, you know, somebody might think, well, you know, maybe he should have curtailed himself a bit. But the point is he wasn't talking in front of everyone. Uh-huh. If he had, 
I would have suggested his wife go up, stand next to him, give him a big kiss and a tug. (laughs) 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 Hint, hint. It's time to sit down. But what happened with with the celebration as a result? So uh, about two days before the... um, so, so two days before the event, I, I wanted to really wrap this up. I wanted to get the itinerary tight as to what, it was general, but I really wanted to, to establish mm-hmm. things. And, and then as it turns out, there were guests from the original wedding 50 years ago. Oh, and, wow. And this reluctant celebrant, this, this, this groom yeah. uh, said, yes, I, I would like to speak. And I would like to acknowledge the people that have been here, that were there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there were many of them. I, I was amazed. I was, I was amazed. Wow. So this is a big change for him. This is a big, he's going out of his comfort zone to acknowledge these people. And I said, well, that's, that's great. And then they started, then they told me the first dance, and they told me how, mm-hmm. they, how they wanted something, things. And that was good. And then they said, you know what? Your original suggestion that we allow toasts, we think it's a good one. And you know, we'll just limit the number of people that are yeah. going to toast. And yeah. I said, I totally understood. And, and my idea that I expressed to them was that during the cocktail hour, I'll find, uh, I'll find a family member who knows everybody turns out it was their son son-in-law mm. and he basically helped me he helped introduce me to people in the room that might speak and we picked three people that would that would speak oh great and so we knew ahead of time and they they agreed i, I spoke to them is, is it all right if i call you up and give you the microphone yeah. they said yes and it was very matter of fact and okay, great. And so I wrote down their names. When it came time to do this, we did the three people there. And there was this outpouring of love, you know? Oh. And I just said, I just said, would anyone else like to speak? And then sure enough, another person said, I would. And then they came up and they spoke. And this person like could not contain themselves and they were crying and they were they were this whole thing about how they had, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing. Very, very emotional. And then she sat down and another person got up without even oh, me wow. prompting. And they, and they came, were okay with that. And they were okay with that. They came up, this person spoke. Bam, as soon as this person was done, somebody else walked up. There were three oh other unscheduled speakers. And uh. every toast was better than the previous one. More from the wow. heart. Yes, it was just this, it was this thing. Wow. It, was, it was a moment. It was truly, truly a moment. And I, I guess what I want to say to our listeners is that really, you know, you set up the centerpieces, you set up the tables, you set the dinner, <laughs> you get all the... You get all the people there in the room, and that just sets the stage to allow for something yeah. wonderful to happen. That's true. Uh, that's so true. And 
it's those impromptu moments that obviously are in good taste. <laughs> I mean, no one's dancing on the dance floor and decides to take off their shirt, you know, or something like that. Right. But, which has happened. It has happened. (laughs) (laughs) We both have experienced that. But I just, I treasure hearing about these because it, it, it makes all the effort and time that goes into it worthwhile. Because sometimes you can have, time-wise, a flawless event where everything more or less is on time and the food is comes out, you know, well and, you know, people are where they're supposed to be and all that. Mm-hmm. But the, the evening doesn't have much warmth or anything memorable to it mm-hmm. sometimes that happens and then you have something like this that starts out nope we don't want any of that <laughs> and look what happens yeah well so when the third unscheduled speaker was done I looked at uh, Joe and and I and I just I just kind of like nodded at him going like yeah. okay it's your turn you know and and he just sprung to his feet and he was quite funny he was quite relaxed i thought and he says my <laughs> he said my my wife says that i i don't have a good memory about uh, things he said but then he said i remember my 57 chevy i remembered my my 58 uh what was it the mustang he says i remember <laughs> i remember my 61 gto I remember, and he just like talked about all these cars that he's owned, and it was so funny. <laughs> and um, but then he did, he did thank uh, people and acknowledge those people that were from out of town and that were from. Um, and and as a matter of fact, he's from Texas, and then there were a number of of people from out of town from Texas, and Texas is experiencing what they're experiencing right now, weather wise. Oh, Oh, yeah, and it's it's quite a quite an emergency down there, and uh, so they are they have to extend their time here in Southern California from yeah. visiting Texas, and so it's just more party. It's more, it's more opportunity to. Isn't that something? But, but was they, there anybody who couldn't make it out because of? Uh, oh, I think the everybody came just before the. Before. okay. The actual thing. Wow. So there were um, there were wonderful toasts, and then he got up and he said his thing, and then what was scheduled was that they would uh, do some more dancing, and then right then at that point, boom, we just you know went into after he spoke, mm-hmm. bam, we went into this this dancing thing, and then they very specifically wanted um, uh, the party's over by Julie London, a very classic recording from the fifties. And that was just great. And then they wanted to say thank you. And I really thought it was going to be the um, Diana that was going to speak mm-hmm. and not Joe. But here Diana speaks and then Joe grabs the microphone and he just he really thanks everybody. <laughs> and it was like, and so this is a big change for this guy. This, he, yeah. And I can only say that, that um, 
yes, they had this idea of no speaking and we don't speak and we don't, you know, get up and dance in front of people or any of that, uh, to uh, now realizing that this is an important part of, of an event. And I think the thing that I artfully did, and it was, it was something that, that I didn't really intend to do, but it, it, it came out well, was that I made the suggestion and then I provided them with materials that, like the itinerary sketch, and then let them fill in that itinerary sketch and mm-hmm. what they would be doing during that time. Then I let them have the realization that, yeah, you know what? People should toast us. People should talk. And then we should, we should acknowledge them. Well, the, the reality is having three or four hours with nothing happening that will punctuate those that time um you might as well be over at somebody's house for a dinner party right and that's and and you know for an and event that's like fine that, too yeah for an event like that there is there's no i guess yeah. uh, occasion that's being observed yeah. or or that type of thing and that people are just getting together and that's fine you know absolutely but but yeah for for an event that is um celebrating a, a specific uh, accomplishment uh, that people have things to say about it <laughs> they do they really do and uh, that's the, you know it it makes me think about how we sometimes are so sure of ourselves and not just with whether we want to talk or dance, but we're so sure of what we think we want and don't want. Mm-hmm. And unless we've experienced something differently, or like you said earlier, maybe they observed something that they really didn't like right. at a former event of some sort. So the... the the uncomfortableness has lingered, obviously, uh, for a long time with them, and so they want to avoid it. They don't want to have to even deal with it. So it's much easier to say, no, we just don't want anything. Right. So I get that. Right. I really do. I, I think oh it has gosh. something to do with, with uh, control. And, and what I mean by that is, or what I mean... It, by control is also guidance or yeah. just being able to supervise something in a positive manner yeah. so that there is a desirable outcome. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, right now we're shopping at a, at a store, a new store in our neighborhood called Aldi, and it's a German mm-hmm. company. It's um, okay. a, Euro- a European-based company. And um, they have an interesting thing where you... <laughs> you come with a a quarter and you put your quarter into this little slot on your shopping cart and that releases the shopping cart. And oh, then to use it. To use the shopping cart. And then you take the shopping cart in and you do your shopping. And then when you check out, you're uh, given another cart with a quarter in it that um, you then take outside, in other words, you 
have to pack your own bag your own stuff but then when you come out and I don't really know why they they keep they switch our switch around the shopping cart but basically when you come out of the shopping shopping center with your stuff then you You're come in, oh. back and you return the shopping cart so that you can get your quarter back so what it does is that it well, it makes sure that you return your card. It, yeah, you and return the card. And people don't walk away with it. And don't re- walk away with it. They can't be stolen. They can't be, you know, this type of thing, which I imagine these things are rather expensive to, to replace. Oh, yeah. So, wow. So, it's, so that's a control factor, so to speak, or an organization factor. Now, can you repeat that one more time for me? When you come into the shop, yeah, you you grab and you, you you're on you, you, on your way in. You get a card. Okay, you get a you card. get a card. A, a cart, a cart, a shopping cart. Okay, and, and then you, the way you actually get it out of the line because it's chained there. With what this, if you don't have a quarter? Then the <laughs> I know, and and so there's just some people that that use credit cards and like myself, yeah, and, and charge cards. Then usually the store owner will will give you a quarter, or there's a, really yeah, okay, or there's a um, shopping cart, a, a spare shopping cart that's already there, and they say here, okay. take this. When talking with a couple about music for their wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. we're talking about music. Well, you know, there's at least 2,000 years of, of music that we could talk about <laughs> and multiply 2,000 years by um, the unlimited styles of music mm-hmm. that are out there or possible. And so, you know, it could be a very, very long and, and winding oh. discussion. Right. So you do have to put in a little bit of organization or a little bit of guidance. I hate to use the word control, but uh, yeah. just be able to direct well, people. focusing. Focus, that's a, that's a better word. And so having a sketch of their wedding ceremony program. Well, how many bridesmaids are there? That's my first question. Okay, good. Now you're going to walk in with your dad? Yeah, we're going to walk in with your dad. So we got bridesmaids, we got the dad. Okay, good. Now, um, now before the bri- bridesmaids come out, will the groomsmen come in or are they going to come in with the bridesmaids? Oh yeah, they're going to come in separately with the groom. Okay, good. Now, um, have you given thought to the parents of the groom and whether or not they're going to come out together with the groom? That's very popular, by the way, of them coming out um, with the the parents of the bride and the, or the yeah. parents of the groom. Uh, so, so then we start to like there's there's a little bit of a program there of a sequence uh-huh. of the officiant coming in and this type of thing. And now during the body of the wedding ceremony, do you think that there would be an opportunity for um, maybe a sand ceremony or flowers to mothers or? Some kind of thing like that, and and then some, sometimes they have no idea that that is, is available to them, and the and I tell them the only reason why I'm bringing this up is that it's another opportunity for music. So if there's a song that you really really love, but we don't have enough to do in you know enough um, uh, opportunities to use that music, well we can put in a, a special musical moment. It could just be a performance even. And of course, then after that, the recessional. And so all this gets written up ahead of time, and I make sure that I, I email that over to them if it's, this is done by phone. And then that limits our discussion as to, well, we need music for these things. And then it starts to, and so there's a little bit of um, focus. Mm. I like that idea, uh, that word. 
so that we could orient our thoughts. And so again, I think with this itinerary, having uh, the rule, okay, no no toasts, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do this, and no speaking, no announcements, and we're really serious about that, to then they can take a look at what this is going to happen, and they see these, the ebb and flow of the evening in front of them, and then they go, you know, maybe it's okay. And they get their other ideas placed, you know, within that itinerary, and it starts to make sense to them, and they're starting to create it, themselves and then they originate well you know what yeah okay we're gonna allow toasts (laughs) well you know this brings up a quick question um had the coordinator talked to you before the event did they know that did she know that you had a itinerary yes yes oh we had we had she had sent me uh hers and i had sent her mine originally you know with every you know, I, I know that I'm not the, that music isn't the senior terminal, so to speak, or this, this, the, the, in the scale of administration, so to speak, that, mm-hmm. you know, the, what the wedding coordinator says and wedding planner says is, is paramount. Um, but that I find that when I issue an agreement from Elegant mm-hmm. Music, that we need to define our scope of service. And we need to... Oh, yes. In fact, I wanted to compliment you on this because I I understand how important that is because there are, you know, what happens if you got a, you have a couple that really wants a lot of music in everything and they're specific about it? Well, that's wonderful, but it might mean that your service package is a little more expensive because of the arrangements that you have to do or the intertwining of musicians and coming and going and combining and you know there there are reasons why things become more expensive yes and so if you didn't make a road map literally for that mm-hmm. and a planner wouldn't necessarily know all those specifics for sure when they sat down at sometimes initially mm-hmm. with the couple. In fact, um, I used to get some uh, negative feedback uh, early on in in uh, my career right about that. In other words, I welcomed people's opinions on how the flow should go Uh, because I didn't know everything especially in the beginning and I still don't know everything (laughs) so but what I found was if I didn't ask and this is for the same parallel reason you ask if you don't ask some major questions to get the flow then how in the world would I know what to charge them how would I know how many people it's going to take mm-hmm. to be there to support that wedding? Mm-hmm. If I didn't know, you know, they're using one area, three areas, you know, is the timing, you know what I'm saying, for your setup, everything depends on asking those important questions. So I always found it interesting 
why planners got defensive hmm. when they would say to me, um, that just gets in my way. They just need to let me know what they're doing, meaning how many songs and and all this, and then I can leave it in the timeline. Well, not really, because unless a planner is really experienced and knows the property really well, mm-hmm. they have to come to a lot of assumptions. Does that music company have a second setup? Do they have two keyboards? Is there a piano in in the cocktail area? Or is there only one in you know in the main ballroom, if any? And how are they how are they going to be using that? Uh, makes a tremendous difference. So I sometimes um, think back and say thank you, and I should say it more often to all those different services who told me what they needed before we finalized anything. It's it's really it's I wouldn't say it's the tail wagging the dog. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes planners just get this idea in their head that things have to be done a certain way. And it's not always in everybody's interest. Mm. And unless you think about everybody's needs, um, somebody is bound to feel like they've been disinherited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not good for any event. I had... Uh, spoken to and I don't know who it was but it was a coordinator and I um, this we were about a month out before the wedding and I said that uh, did you get my itinerary sketch Mm -hmm. you know of of how I'm I'm seeing how it would go Mm -hmm. and I'd like to go over that with you Mm -hmm. because there's quite a bit of logistical coordination that would need to have to happen and and she just said oh well that that's not done until a week before the wedding we can't we can't possibly know what that's going to be uh and and until a week before the wedding oh my god and you know i she was so um how can i say it uh dismissive or so sure of that idea that i didn't even challenge it i didn't even say well okay you know, and my wow. my part of it um, wouldn't have been uh, impacted. I, I because it was just me. Um, I I could be flexible, but the thing that I get a little little concerned with, or that I'm I'm trying to avoid, is that well, let's they say they say well, you know, we have to start we have to start the ceremony a half hour earlier. Well, oh I might I might have I might have musicians coming from another job. Or they've got things scheduled in a certain way where they can't get there any earlier. Yeah. Uh, or that they have to leave at a certain time afterwards, you know. Right. If it starts later, that could be a problem, too. That could be a problem, too. So that's just one little reason why we, I establish what the scope of service is with the agreement in the initial step. And that uh, hopefully the bride does share this with her coordinator. <laughs> and yeah. I uh, have to be vigilant to... Uh, forward that to the coordinator to 
show them, well, this is what we've got planned so far. <laughs> How often, uh, percentage-wise, let's put it that way, do you find that you have to change the timing that of your original contract that because they've decided to make a change? Not often, but what I have been the uh, effect of yeah. is that uh, something wasn't perceived or something wasn't foreseen yeah. by the coordinator in charge. And then they come up and say, look, can, can you play an extra half hour for the cocktail hour? We're not ready yet in the in the reception area. Yeah. And again, you know, my musicians, are they scheduled to go somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, they, they certainly want to be paid to play another <laughs> half hour. Yeah. You know, so if it's just me and I'm not doing anything else and that's how, yeah. all right, you know, I'm, I'm an that's easygoing no guy. That's no biggie. But, you know, so when you're responsible for others, you know, so that so that's happened more times than I'd like to admit, um, yeah. where just something wasn't foreseen, and then now we have to make up for someone else's um, scheduling. Uh, mishap. <laughs> mishap. All right, that's a good word. <laughs> I know. It's so hard. And, you know, I often uh, would say, look, I'm not a clock watcher. You know, we're supposed to be there 12 hours. And inevitably, from time to time, someone would have to stay later because the shuttle didn't get back fast enough, you know, on a round. And right. so we were supposed to leave at 1 a.m. and we end up, you know, leaving closer to 2. And, and it's not that you shouldn't be reimbursed for your time. Absolutely. But there are times when, I guess, if you've charged someone on an hourly basis only, then that's pretty clear. Hmm. But when you have a package or you've agreed to a price and you've estimated your hours and everything, it's harder to come back and say, you know, it's going to be extra. And like you, I had never had a problem telling a client when it involves somebody else, when it was one of my associates. No problems sticking up for them and saying, you know, they were here two hours longer or, you know, this needed attention and therefore. But for me, it's hard. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah. I get that. So in this episode, we're talking about the yeah. factors that contribute to a successful event and the factors that could jeopardize the success of an event. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, I, as I was thinking about this subject, that um, I think both sides need to be addressed in that there's... Um, a comparison then you know, you could you could always say that well you know you should should always um, be on time let's just say for uh, mm -hmm. for you you could just give that blanket 
statement, and everybody would you know, agree, yeah, you're right, there's a general agreement that we could be on time. That would be a good thing. But then to give examples of how that might not occur and the factors that might influence that occurring and then the domino effect that might occur mm-hmm. when, okay, we're off schedule and <laughs> now we're, uh, we're doing other things. And for instance, um, last night I did make the, the scheduled announcement on, on the right time that the uh, photo booth would be operational and available at a certain time. And, but the, the client wanted to lengthen dinner just a little bit, that he felt that some people were not yet through with their food. And, you know, and I looked around and it just seemed like they, they, they were, but he, but he, you know, wanted a little more time, another five minutes. And the, the person in charge of the photo booth he wanted to start photos because he's only there for an hour and a half or so or two hours. And I could just see that the next thing that is scheduled, which would be the first dance, I could just see a whole bunch of people up at the photo booth ignoring that first dance, which was going to occur any moment, really, once once that, um, you know, people were told that it was going to happen. Really, the the audience was was ready so here's this two things that need to happen at the same time and I chose not to make that announcement about the photo booth just because I didn't want to have the photo booth which is right off the dance floor to be engaged and then now we have to get everybody's attention back onto the couple who's going to be dancing so there's a there's a factor there that um Yes, we should be on time, but then some of the other things that could be affected by something being off schedule. Yeah. And also the the anatomy of a first dance yeah. uh, is that, yes, you want everybody's attention initially, but if if they don't dance really well, if they're not moving around the dance floor, yeah. You're lucky if you get 20 seconds of attention, uh-huh. frankly, half a minute. And it's rare that you get everyone not talking for two minutes or two and a half minutes that the dance would take. Mm-hmm. So in that case, I would I would agree with you. It's more important to start that, get everyone's attention to the dance floor, because naturally they're going to dissipate and then all you need is one person to go over to the photo booth or for yourself or the coordinator to go over to a couple of tables and tell them that the photo booth is operational and then it it works yeah it's not a big deal they had a, a very interesting idea that they the two of them would would start to dance and then about um, a minute into the song, they went into the audience and grabbed two other people. And, um. and then those four 
after about a minute went out and grabbed another. And now there were eight people yeah. on the dance floor. Yeah. And then I just invited everyone up to, to join them on the dance floor. And that yeah. really worked. It really was. Um, but I think that that technique can work uh, for any party. Oh, any, anything. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And sometimes it gives permission for people to meet other people. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Where they might feel um, a little self-conscious uh -huh. in doing that, you know, otherwise. You know, if you had people at your table and you wanted to dance with your partner and, but, you know, you wanted to help the party along. Sometimes I said, come on, let's all, you know, dance. But if you get an, a, you know, a suggestion from the, the master's ceremonies or the DJ to, you know, take another couple up, it, it's a little easier. Yeah. Well, so well, I the, can see that. The couple, the, um, Joe and Diana, they, they did that on their own. That was something that they scheduled. And, uh, and again, you know, after, you know, well, you know, Joe doesn't dance and, and, <laughs> all, and, and and all this talk about Joe. Well, actually, he was quite quite instrumental in in fostering. You know, I mean, to really yeah uh, catalyze, catalyze the party, for lack of a better word. Yeah, he, <laughs> it, was, it was quite something, really. Well, it sounds like it was a success, uh, not only musically, but for everybody's enjoyment as well. Well, Toby, thank you for taking time out of You're your busy launch, you <laughs> launch of prepared.com. Yep. I know that's... Yeah, we're, we're working on it every day. In fact, I'm going to be uh, visiting with a uh, wedding service uh, today to kind of introduce them um, to prepared. So, yeah, it's, it's moving along. It's moving along. That's exciting. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com that's t-o-b-e-y at p-r-e-p-a-i-r-e-d dot com subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week thank you for listening <laughs>